0: Welcome to the show. My name is Charlton with Bixie. This is Charlton and Bixie Sports coming to you worldwide on the Bixie Sports Network on the number one network. In the united states of america and big c sports has been voted the number one sports show in the universe according to big c and them good old boys down south i want to say bienvenidos to all of our listeners in latin america also across the pond in london england as well as paris france of course you good old boys in canada you know we love you in africa the big c tribe but there's no one we love more than the good old boys down south in the land of the free and the home of the brave on a beautiful february 4th 2019 big c
2: How's it going for you, good old boys down south? Jonathan I'm tired, man. I need some sleep. You don't understand <laughs> what it's like to go to Super Bowl after parties because that was the only day that was exciting in Atlanta left for the after parties, man. Yeah. I mean, I fell asleep during the game and stayed all night, stayed up all night at the party. <laughs> I tell you, you don't
0: need no those. You just gotta watch the NFL and, and put on their biggest game. Of the year, and I thought it was, it had everything that we wanted it to be until the kickoff. Big C, other than that, it was a great game. And there's a lot of stuff happening, even in basketball. Could you believe OKC and Boston decided they would play on Super Bowl Sunday? They couldn't care less about the Super Bowl. But there's a lot of good things happening in the world of sports. Another black man got a job, you know, <laughs> after putting on a good defensive performance in the Super Bowl and everything is great and I love this time of year. There's even rainbows in California. It's been raining so much. And speaking of rainbows, this show is sponsored by your Northern Californian Cadillac dealers, home of the all-new Cadillac Escalade, the standard of the world. When you go by and test drive yours. Tell them Charlton and Big C sent you, as well as a fleet of Cadillac cars. So give me your thoughts again. Why why was the Super Bowl, which is a game that we all waited the whole season to see? It had everything we thought we wanted, but it it became a dud. What what's
2: your thoughts for that, Big C, your thoughts? Well, I guess the word Super Bowl is just a metaphor. Yeah. You know, when you think about it in totality. But, you know, people forget that defense wins championships. Yeah. If you look at all of the, the Patriots Super Bowls except for that last year, you know,
1: with the Eagles scoring last year. record that
2: they had against the Eagles, Yeah. all of them have been defensive struggles. I mean, Bill Belichick makes adjustments, and as a former defensive player, I sit back and revel in what I saw in that game from both coaches. You know, Wade Phillips, what he did with the Rams defense, yeah, as well as what Bill Belichick and and, and, uh, Flores did with with the Patriots defense. Yeah, you know, these guys, Chalton, everyone, you know, looks at football and say, okay. It's all about the quarterback. Yeah. That he has command to do whatever he wants to do on the field. But there's eleven guys on the other side, Charlton, that are very eager to slow down his role every game. Yeah. And we saw that done at the best that it's ever been done in a Super Bowl, realistically, Charlton, from both coaches. Yeah. Well, when you think about this, Charlton, it's the first Super Bowl in history that only one touchdown was scored. And that wasn't scored until the fourth quarter. Yep. There was only one play ran all night long, Charlton, in 60 minutes in the red zone. One play. You think about a defensive battle. Yeah, One play run in an entire football game in the red zone. We're talking about professional athletes. Not only that, Charlton, the Rams' first eight possessions were pucks. I mean, I thought this was a punt, pass, and kick contest for <laughs> a moment. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know, because that's all we saw. But, you know, when people want to sit back and say, what happened? Yeah. Then you don't understand football. That Bottom line, you don't understand football if you want to sit there and say, what happened? Because defense took control of the big stage last What We've seen many of Super Bowls. Where defensive taking over the game. If you go back to Super Bowl Four, Charlton, yeah, in Miami between the Cowboys and the uh, Baltimore Colts, yeah, we saw a defensive battle. Even in Super Bowl Three, the Jets versus the Colts, it was a, it was a defensive battle. Yeah, you, you go back to Super Bowl Twelve with Miami and uh, the Redskins, yeah, it was a defensive battle. So this is not the first time that we've seen great defense played in a Super Bowl, Charlton. It just so happens to be you have two very prolific offenses that played throughout the regular season. Yeah. That everybody raved about two of the top-scoring offenses in the league meeting in the Super Bowl. Two teams averaging over 30 points a game. Vegas cleaned up, Charlton. Yes That's what that. happened in Vegas cleaned up. So, They're still sweeping up money off the floor. So the real Super Bowl was played down in
0: Las Vegas. Is that what you're saying, Big C? <laughs> Charlton, they, they, they
2: got a bowl <laughs> full of money. You yeah. know, they got a stadium full of money. What They fleeced America yesterday. I mean, they fleeced them in every quarter. And, and the thing about it, Charlton, is that what Vegas was winning on was on the on top of the game was the prop bets. Yeah. Because everybody kept pouring more money into the prop bets every quarter, saying it's got to change, it's got to change. Yeah. And, and it never did, Chalky. <laughs> Only thing they got was change back from the money that they put in.
0: <laughs> well, they got to find a way to pay for that Raider Stadium down there. Whoever putting up that money, I know uh, there's a uh, someone that put up I think a billion dollars in Sometimes you just got to know the right people <laughs> because a lot of people put money that New England would win and that they would win by two and a half, etc. But no one thought, I think the over under was 50. It's the plus 50. 56 50? and a half with no run
2: in the game.
0: Yeah, so to, to only have, it was way under a 16-point score in that game. In fact, the Rams even, even messed that up. That's the first time the, the Patriots have won a Super Bowl by that margin by 10 points. And it was going to be six points, but the Rams kicker. Ironically, the same guy that sent them to the Super Bowl by kicking a long field goal in New Orleans missed a shorter one down there in Atlanta. That I mean, not that it mattered for the game, but it mattered for a point, etc. But I, all those things matter. I just thought that I was, I was so excited to see this great theme. I think we realized that McVay is not the coach we thought. And people can say, no, it could happen to anybody. But you got Todd Gurley. Now, people say he's not healthy or some people say he is healthy. But if, he, if you're being honest, if he's healthy, every time he's run the ball at least 20 times, they are they were 11-0 in the season. I think he had 10 carries. He had two solid runs that were almost 10 yards, and they stopped giving him the ball, and they, they stopped going with their play-action pass, which golf, he, he is who we thought he was too. He, he cannot move. He gets overexposed. Whenever you blitz him, He reminds me a lot of that kid Jake Browning up at Washington. They can't handle the blitz. They become sitting ducks, Big C. There were times when he should have thrown the ball out of bounds. He took a sack on his knees without even going to the ground. And I just thought that he was overexposed, too. Does that make any sense, Big C, your thoughts?
2: Well, Todd, the the situation with Todd Gurley, Todd Gurley's ailing. A running back doesn't get healthy, just sitting on the sideline for a couple of weeks and then coming into the game taking a couple of hits. He's not healthy. He has a bad ankle. He has a bad knee. He's going to have to have some off-season, you know, adjustment today. And that, that's from a surgical perspective that he's going to have to deal with Charlton in the season because you don't take a guy who is the best player on your offense and not play because he's not hurt. Yeah. You know, he has an injury that they just did not want to disclose and expose Charlton yeah. prior to the game, Charlton. Because over the past couple of weeks, with the minimal carries that he had, you know, he came out, he had a great game against the, uh, the Cowboys. He yep. had over 100 yards on the ground. But the following week, Charlton, he wasn't the same back against the Saints. Yeah. That let everybody know that he was really ailing. It wasn't that McVay wanted to keep him out of the lineup, Charlton. Gurley wasn't even pressing to be in the lineup. Yeah. So he has some ailment, Charlton, that just has not been disclosed fully because of betting that goes on out there. Then you think about... Being exposed, you gotta look at everybody who has played against the Patriots defense, Charlton. Yeah, they've made adjustments over the years, over the seasons, over the weeks, against whoever they're playing. Yeah. In a one-game scenario, you want to take the defensive staff of the Patriots, Charlton, because they're very confusing. Yeah. They, they have never seen this situation from a Rams perspective, what they did to them, but also vice versa. You think about the Patriots only scoring 13 points, one touchdown. Tom Brady could not get the ball into the end zone. Matter of fact, he was picked yeah. the first, first play pass. of the game. That's the first yeah. time in Super Bowl history, you his that a quarterback is yeah. thrown an interception on the first play of the game. Yeah, a- first pass of first the game, pass. rather. Yeah. So when, when, when you think about, it, as much as you can say that golf was overwhelmed and exposed, was Brady overwhelmed and exposed? Or could you see that a kink in the armor of Brady that he is getting older? that he doesn't recognize things as quickly as he does, used to, yeah. and he can't get the ball to all places that he once was, you know, to the outside, jumping outside the numbers. yeah. Over the middle, he's fine, but outside the numbers, he, he's fine. You know, he had some problems in the game.
0: Yeah, I think when you, when you look at the whole totality and what Robert Kraft has done, the only bad thing about Kraft winning is that they're going to go to the White House, and they're going to act like all the stuff that Trump does is okay. Like I'm okay with it, and he really can't be okay with it. But that's everybody's own opinion. What they do politically. But when you look at Kraft as the patriarch of the Patriots franchise, I look at Benson down the the late Benson who passed away down at New Orleans. We had so much opportunity over the last 18 years to see things done at the highest level. Now I know the Patriots haven't had blowout Super Bowl wins. They've been winning by field goals for the most part the fact that they are there almost every year. Do we think about Kraft? Do we give him the due that he really deserves? Because this man came into the organization, and the Patriots had already been to the Super Bowl prior to him you know, buying that team. But I want to get your thoughts on what is he doing that could be maybe a role model for the rest of the league in how to put together a team. And he said something great last night. He was talking to Steve Young, and he said, You know what, Steve? this this league is designed for teams that to go 500 and have a chance at the Super Bowl the next season big C, your thoughts
2: well charlton it truly is but it's also designed for equity bill amongst the players financially charlton yeah that, that's what this league is designed for you know this, this league they feel that you take a quarterback who's been with your team six to seven years is obligated to give him hundred and twenty plus million dollars, Charlton. Wow. And have the rest of the 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 team struggle financially. Yeah. And what I mean by struggling financially, Charlton, you take we we talked about you take the top six paid quarterbacks in the NFL. Yeah. They've all been in the league at least six years, Charlton. Okay, except for Garoppolo. Yeah. None of them made the playoffs. But what you have, Charlton, are aging players who are not what they were A few years back and their teams are not making the playoffs yeah but it does not give you enough money chocolate left over to go out in the free agency to bring in players that are willing to win you know teams are saying well you know I'll draft somebody and you know bring them along and develop them yeah but the Patriots do things the old-fashioned way I mean when you look at Bill Belichick many people don't realize that he learned from watching Al Davis let me go out and get the veteran player that people say no longer fits what we do. Yeah. But that veteran player Charlton still wants an opportunity to be productive. He still has some game left in him. Yeah. So you bring him in, you explain to him what you expect of him. And if he's willing to follow the role that you have for him within your organization, is that he can have a home there. Yeah. He can have a home around guys who like to win, Charlton. Not being where he was and you know being overpriced. To come in at a salary that's comfortable. Yeah. But he has to be willing to want to be a team player, Jonathan, and throw away that that hat that says, I. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's what you have to do. Yeah. And and when you look on the Patriots roster, Jonathan, and you look at the veterans that have come from other teams, Jonathan, you can't name, the Adams person can't name eight Patriots starters, Jonathan. Yeah. They can't. They cannot name eight patriots. Just the average person, when you look at the roster, it's like, okay, where, where's the number one draft pick? The number <laughs> yeah. one draft picks they have, Charlton, they got from other teams. You think Cordell Patterson was the number one draft pick of, of the Vikings four years ago. Yeah. They don't. They didn't know how to use him. They sent him on. They yeah. sent him packing. They sent him to the Raiders. Raiders said, hey, we'll send you to New England. Yeah, You can go there. So w- w- when you look around, Charlton, at the players on this team, and you watch them, especially that offensive line. Yeah, no one can say the, the Patriots are loaded with, you know, first round draft pick at offensive tackle, Charlton, at guard, at center. They got free agents on the offensive line. Yeah, you know the highest draft pick they got. On, they got one high draft pick on the offensive line. Yeah, but they have guys, Charlton, that don't allow Tom Brady to get touched. That, that's the thing about they have a work ethic about them, Charlton, because they're all making the same kind of money yeah. across the board. Brady is not making $25 million a year more than his offensive linemen, which makes them feel comfortable. Yeah. Is that they don't mind blocking for him? You look at the running backs, Charlton. James White is the ninth highest paid player on the Patriots roster. He's a running back. Yeah. And he's a backup running back because Sonny Michelle has taken over the starting role, Charlton. Julian Edelman, who was the MVP of the game last night, Charlton, makes $4 million a year. Four million dollars. Look look at Brandon Cooks, who they just got rid of, who went to the Rams. Yeah. The Rams paid him forty seven million dollars, Chumple. Wow. Julian Ellman makes less than four million dollars a year, three point nine. Who has the better bargain? Who had the better game? Yeah. So when you look across the board, Todd Gurley, the highest paid running back in pro football. Yep. The highest paid in pro football. Had thirty five yards last night, Jonathan. Lance Burkhead had 29 on one carry yeah. for the Patriots. Yeah. So when you talk about guys getting value and appreciating the system that they're in, Charlton, the thing about athletes—and I'm not saying no, no athlete shouldn't maximize his income, right? But you maximize your income for that situation. that Says I. Yes. You right. you you pass the money out when you want to win as a team. Tom Brady, Charlton. But didn't make twenty million dollars this past season in salary. Right. Okay. He wins a Super Bowl. He wins a Super Bowl because he's willing to take less. And people say, "Well, he's hurting the league." Well, you could say he's hurting the league because he picked up his sixth Super Bowl ring last night. <laughs> yeah. If
0: he's
2: not hurting the league. Then, well, I want to hurt the league like Tom Brady
0: does. Yeah. He could be like Thanos now. He has enough Infinity Stones, and you know the big value, ironically. They were down there. That stadium's gorgeous, number one. Atlanta hit a, I guess you could say, a home run for a baseball metaphor with that stadium. But I wonder what, based on what you just said, about what's the big value of the big game, what would a guy like Matt Ryan think if he had Tom Brady's mentality? And I know a lot of people say, well, we're tired of seeing Brady in the Super Bowl. Well, then you got to beat him. I mean, the Patriots fans are not tired of seeing it. But when you think about guys like, if you look at down in his, in his own stadium, Matt Ryan. Even if you look at Rodgers up in Green Bay, you can look at Carr out in Oakland. You look at Duroppolo, they got rid of Garoppolo. I guess Bill Belichick didn't know what he was doing. But what do they think? In fact, let me ask you a better question. What do the owners who signed those guys for bre- breaking the bank think about their own decisions when they look at a guy in Brady with the six Super Bowl championships on their part, maybe working for minimum wage, Big C, your thoughts?
2: Well, Charlton, I, I think the owners are, 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 you know, cursed under their own mentality by listening to the media. Yeah. Saying that you have to sign a franchise player. This guy's a franchise, contract, you know, quarterback. It starts with your buddy Kuyper McShay all the time. <laughs> I, so, I don't know
1: those guys, man. <laughs>
2: and, you know, this, this guy's going to play. He's going to be Hall of Fame. He's going to be all pro. He's going to lead a team. Yeah. They can't win a game as a rookie, Charlton. But then all of a sudden, once that rookie contract is <laughs> oh, up, oh, you got to give him $100 million to keep him around. You yeah. give them $200 million to keep him
1: around.
2: Yeah. You, when you think about quarterbacks, Charlton, that have been productive in the NFL, look at the low-round draft picks, the mid-round draft picks, the quarterbacks, yeah. what they've done in the league that, that haven't been first-round quarterbacks. We talked about it last week. Was it 15, nine first-round yep. quarterbacks or 17 yep. that have won Super Bowls? Yep. So, when you sit there and so say you got to spend a franchise pick on a quarterback, Russell Wilson wasn't considered a franchise quarterback. Zach Prescott, even though he hasn't gotten to a Super Bowl, has made the playoffs and has the best three year run of any Cowboy quarterback, Johnson, in their first three years. Yeah. So, you know, for the guys to say you got to take this guy and you got to sign this guy and you get him up, unless you're John L. where you, you draft a quarterback in the first <laughs> round and you cut him. Yeah. You know, because he's crying on the sideline. Yeah. <laughs> but, and blame the coach. You know, it, it just goes to prove to these owners yeah. that, like you say many times, should be drug tested. Really? That's you I'm serious. The criteria <laughs> to give a guy $150 million and you're losing. And, and the thing about it, he, even everybody in the media started saying, well, you got to surround him with better personnel. Yeah. As good as he is, he should be able to play by himself. You're making $155 million, you don't need a line. Well, let me. Let me you don't need a running back or a receiver. Yeah. But the excuses are starting to be made for the quarterbacks, talking when they don't produce. Yeah. You, you think about your cousin up in Minnesota. <laughs> he's not a team This my was cousin. a team that was, one, you know, that, that was in the NFC championship game the year before Chaucer. The year Charlton. before they brought him on, they, yeah. They, they had a quarterback that they said, well, he's just
1: a journeyman. Yeah. You know, he, he only went
2: 12 and 4s or, or whatever, something like that. Yeah. He was a journeyman. He, he wasn't the guy to get them over the top. You know, them paying him four million dollars, seven million dollars was too much, you yeah. know, so they, they had to let him go. Right. You know, you had all four receivers, you had running backs that were getting the job done, you had a great defense. Yes. They go out and sign your cousin, give him eighty four million dollars guaranteed. <laughs> I think it's money. <laughs> he even even though his record's faded, yes, he's only won four games against teams with winning records. So let me but ask we you Go ahead, go ahead. See,
0: I think that's an important thing because you're never going to hear it anyplace else. They keep kissing everybody's yeah, butt. you know, he
2: had four wins going into the season with, against teams with winning records, and you saying he was the guy to get you over the top, yeah. even though you were bringing him in. But it, it proved right, Charlton. He he came into a team that had a winning record. Yeah, and made them losers.
0: That's his history. So I want to ask you because you're never going to hear it on any other sports show because they just want they want to be nice to everybody. Instead of doing what a doctor does, a doctor takes an x-ray. They say, well, you got a cavity, and we're going to fix it. But some of these other owners, will say, I don't have a cavity. My tooth just hurts every now and then. So what if you're the Vikings, and you had the same opportunity that New England had? They had a quarterback who had gotten them so close, and they said, well, we don't want him. We need somebody who's never been there at all. And and they sent him unpacking the Denver. And, they bring, and not picking on Kirk Cousins. He can't help it. He, he is what he is, like we all are what we are. But what's the ownership thinking? I mean, for everybody that's trying to sign and break the bank to get that big-name quarterback, when they look at what Brady and Belichick have done, and they don't do it by outpaying everybody. They don't try to break the bank. I mean, it may be hard to break Robert Kraft's bank, but they don't try to do that. And I just wonder what the thinking will be going into this offseason. Who's going to be that hot commodity that some owner can't wait to pay too much? Like, Garoppolo is way overpaid. I even heard someone saying, well, Garoppolo's going to be back next year and the 49ers is going to be in good shape. He's not even a 500 quarterback. And they're still trying to break the bank and justify that. And now you see what Belichick got rid of. Belichick said, we don't need him. They didn't need him. And he got, he got rid of him and he benefited. The 49ers didn't get better. The New England got better. So for the next person that justifies in Kirk Cousins, I mean, are they reevaluating Kirk Cousins, Garoppolo, and we know that Rodgers got the money for whatever he's done, not making the playoffs in the last two years. They gave him $187 million. But what's their thinking? Is there a way that they can call those guys in? And that, hey, we got to renegotiate these contracts. Make sure your thoughts.
2: Charlton, they got, they're not going to do this because they're salient quarterbacks. So, you know, you're going to keep that money in place. But now you have salary cap implications, Charlton. Yeah. Is that where do you find the supporting cast, Charlton, to pay these players. I mean, I think about all the backlash that Odell Beckham got with, with the Giants when they signed him to the huge contract, Charlton. Well, you know, why you want to give a receiver that kind of money? Well, you're paying the quarterback that can't get the ball to him, so he might as well get the same kind of money. <laughs> yeah. Okay? Yeah. No one cried about Eli Manning not being able to throw the ball, but everyone wanted to complain about Odell <laughs> Beckham. Yeah. That said he was a distraction from the Giants, Charlton. Yeah. All he wanted was to win. He wanted a quarterback. <laughs> That was competitive. <laughs> yeah. no, and no one is in, in the media has never bashed Eli to the extent that they bashed Odell. Yeah. You, you look at the top six paid quarterbacks, Jonathan. I mean, Aaron Rodgers. He, he's one of those guys that his teammates don't want to play with him realistically yep. because yep. he has a problem. He's arrogant. Yeah. On the field. Yep. But no one blasts him from the broadcast booth. Oh, Aaron just you know he he just wants to win. He was. Tell me what the hell football player walking out on the field wants to lose, okay? Yeah. Oh, I don't feel like. I just want to lose today and get my check. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You know they 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 they, they stage that all wrong, Charlton. When they're talking about these ball players, they act like the quarterback is the only one who's competitive and wants to win. Yeah. Is that the rest of the teammates are just out there for a paycheck? If the quarterback wanted to win then why doesn't he get rid of the ball earlier to an open receiver? Why doesn't he recognize what he needs to see at the line in scrimmage? Yeah. He's supposed to be the most intelligent person on the field. And yet he can't execute an offense. Yes. But this is a position that they say blacks can't play on a regular basis.
0: I've heard that garbage so much. And I, and the one thing I, too, want to bring up also, that down in Atlanta, this Black History Month, You know, slavery began in the United States in Virginia, 400 years ago, 1619, and now we have a league that's the best league in the universe in the NFL. I'll say the second best league. I'm going to go with NBA being the best league, but I'll say the Super Bowl is the best, you know, culminating sport in the universe. I'd say that that way. But black men run that, too, down in Atlanta, where there's so many people in Atlanta that are progressive. I think more so than even when they do the Masters down there, but that's in Augusta. I think that's about an hour or so away from Atlanta. But even with that, it showcased how gorgeous the city is, number one. Atlanta is very diverse. They have a lot of people of color, Big C, that run the the city of Atlanta. In fact, the mayor, I think, Hartfield, B, B, I didn't even know this. They did not have international flights coming into Atlanta until he became the mayor and, and had the city planned for that. Now it's the busiest airport in the world. That's incredible. Done by black men. People, they don't get the credit for that, though, Big C. Does that make any sense to your thoughts?
2: maynard jackson was the mayor of atlanta charlton that created that huge industry of having the world's busiest airport yeah and not only that charlton when that airport was built he had a a resolution signed that blacks would get a certain percentage of every part of the operation of that airport yeah so not only was he innovative in in having that airport built charlton but also was in innovative in creating equal opportunity for employment, Yeah, that people could not be left out of the equation, Charlton. But when you think about Atlanta, how it's progressed over the years, uh, the home of Doc, late Dr. Martin Luther King, Charlton, yeah. having this gorgeous stadium for the Super Bowl, Charlton, in 2019, and also had an opportunity to had the first African-American governor in the history yeah. of the United States, Charlton, when they had Stacey Abrams. Yeah run for governor, Charlton, but they have a a female, African-American male. Uh, Keisha Lance Bottoms is is the mayor of Atlanta, Charlton, who helped put on this marvelous Super Bowl that they had, Charlton, and and great festivities that went on for the entire week in the city of Atlanta. So it is a very progressive city. If the NFL could be as progressive, Charlton, in, in looking at equality, across the board, not just as players, Chalton, but giving coaches opportunity. Exactly. Recognizing the, the plight of African-American athletes and African-American society around the game, Charlton. Incorporating more of that, Charlton into the NFL family would be a great feat.
0: I, I think that's incredible. It's something we've all known. I mean, a lot of people haven't known. But there was a black stock market in Tulsa, Oklahoma. It was torn down by the federal government in 1934. Atlanta also had black-owned banks. I mean, black-owned CEOs at banks, the head of banks. And people need to know that. Why is that important? It's important because in order to know where you're going, you got to know where you've been. And when people stand up and ask for equality, Atlanta is, is an opportunity to see where people have been given opportunity. And I just think there's a lot that needs to be known about that diaspora of black Americans. And hopefully, as we as we start talking about that, people can't say, oh, I didn't know that. Well, if we as black media don't tell it, then it's probably not going to be told. But I really appreciate that. That was brought to the forefront on many of the programs coming up. So back to Belichick again. He and Tom Brady, nine Super Bowl appearances together. Chuck Nolan, Terry Bradshaw had four. Tom Landry and Roger Staubach had four. And Marv Levy and Jim Kelly had four. And Big C, with what I saw last night, I think if Brady plays another two years, he's definitely going to play next year, they might get ten. Just because the coaching is there and what you talked about, they have cap room. He's a no-nonsense guy. If you play into his system, you have a chance to play for that team. It's not about. He could never have an Aaron Rodgers play in New England. Aaron Rodgers' ego is, is all about him. He couldn't have a Kirk Cousins play for that team. He, he couldn't have Matt Ryan in Matt Ryan's own house play for that team, and their contract show you that's why he got rid of Garoppolo. Is that too far-fetched to say, Big Steve? They would not. If they said, you know what, I'm I'm a free agent and Brady retired, Uh, I would like to come in and play for New England, is that too far off the mark? He would say no, Big C, your thoughts?
2: Well, Charlton, when you think about the stability of Brady in New England, you think about it, last night was their ninth Super Bowl appearance. Between that first Super Bowl appearance and the one last night, Charlton, there's only been four quarterbacks to start in New England. Four. Think about that. Four quarterbacks to start, Charlton, in those six Super Bowl victories. Yeah. Tom Brady, Matt Castle, Jimmy Garoppolo, and Jacoby Brissett. Yeah. Those have been the only starting quarterbacks in New England, Charlton, in the last 18 years. Wow. And that's six Super Bowl victories. Yeah. You know, between the Pittsburgh Steelers, Charlton, first Super Bowl victory and and the sixth Super Bowl victory, they had 31 different starting quarterbacks. Wow. 31 to win six Super Bowls. Wow. New England has only had four to win super, six Super Bowls, and they all were won by Tom Brady. Yeah. So when you talk about the stability of a franchise and the enduring factor, Charlton, of having somebody there to stabilizing, when you when you bring in players, Charlton, and, and you bring them around Tom Brady, it's like, wow, I'm here with Tom Brady. Yeah. I need to live up to the expectations of Tom Brady and play the way that Tom Brady plays. The athlete, the modern-day athlete, Charlton, has so many advantages over past athletes with nutrition, yeah. diet, you know, weight training, conditioning, and all that, Charlton, things that athletes didn't have 40 years ago. Yeah. But also, Charlton, they have more money and they have more responsibility. <laughs> yeah. So that athlete today, Charlton, who understands that the money... Is not the decisive factor on them being great.
1: Yeah.
2: We'll win. But those athletes who say, I got to get paid, and understand they all need to get paid. Yeah. But I got to get paid more than anybody else. But my numbers at the end of the season don't (laughs) weigh out to me being the best because I'm not playing in championships.
1: Yeah.
2: I got the best contract, but I'm not playing in the championship game. So something has to give eventually with the owners. Is that they got to reward players for success at the end of the season. Not at the beginning of the
0: season. That's a very good point, Big C. I want to say sports is a billion dollar industry, and boys and girls sports is the foundation to this billion dollar industry. For every athletic and sporting event, you need athletic and event insurance. We work with Ben and Market, they've been around half a century. They work with Big C Sports, whether you're approaching a collegiate team, a high school team, or your mom and pop soccer league. When you reach out to them, let them know Big C sent you. I want to get your thoughts on Brian Flores. We talked about slavery it began in 16, 19, 400 years ago. And now we have a league that's dominated by African-Americans, about 70%. The coaching ranks, I think, only has four African-Americans, or people of color, and that's three American. And then you have the gentleman down there for the Carolina Panthers. But Brian Flores, New England Patriots defensive coordinator, coached a heck of a game. They shut down the number two offense in the league last night. Give them three points, Big C. Now he's going to coach the Miami Dolphins, who won their last Super Bowl in 1973. That's anathema to Don Shula that he was so dominant. The only undefeated team is 72. And the last time, think about how what 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 Kraft said last night. The league is designed for teams that go eight and eight to compete for a Super Bowl the next year. The Dolphins won that were 14 in a row and then 70 to 0 and 72. The last time they won a Super Bowl was 73. And that was their last one. One year away from the the only undefeated team in the history of the game.
2: Mixer, your thoughts? But Charlton, the the game has changed so much, and it even changed back then. Is that teams started utilizing free agency back then, picking up veteran players that had been released? Yeah. And so it's it's always been hard to repeat in professional football. You you think about it with what the Patriots did last night, Charlton? They did something only the Dolphins had done before. That's lose the Super Bowl the previous year and come back and win it the next year. Yeah. They tied the Dolphins in that seat last night, Charlton, when they came back and won that game. Yeah. But when you think about the Dolphins hiring Brian Flores, Charlton, as a defensive coordinator, I still always have reservations about the coaches that have left New England and gone on and taking head coaching positions elsewhere, Charlton. Yeah. It hasn't panned out like it has in New England. They have a history of coaches that are taking head coaching positions, Charlton. Just like with Luke Walton leaving the Warriors going to the Lakers, Charlton, you don't take the players that you have. The personnel yeah. is that what you have to deal with. And it doesn't make any difference, Charlton, what assistant coach gets a job in the NFL. Yeah. It's about the personnel that you're working with. I think everyone gets buffooned, Charlton, by looking, wow, this guy works great with him. Let's go over here. Yeah. Let's bring him in. He'll do the same thing for us. They don't look at their roster, Charlton. They don't look at their personnel. They don't look at the the, the, the money that they're paying guys. Yes. And, and do they set the pay scale of the players that he just came from? You know, everybody calls McVay a quarterback whisperer. When he had your cousin in in, in Washington coaching <laughs> him,
1: yeah. they didn't win Charlton. No.
2: But what he did, Charlton, was went to the Rams. Yeah. Jeff Fisher couldn't coach the team, but he stacked the team full of talent, Charlton. Yeah. Is what he did. Those players were in place when he showed up, just like John Gruden when he showed up in Tampa with with uh, Tony Dudley's players. Yeah. Just don't touch the steering wheel. This time by <laughs> itself. Right? And they won a Super Bowl. Then yeah. all of a sudden he wanted to tinker with it. He wanted to turn off the engine and start the car back up. Yeah. They can never get back up to speed. So, when I look at Brian Flores, I'm glad for him getting a job in Miami, Johnson. Yeah. But I wonder what he's going into. They've already said they're going to get off of Ryan Tannehill. Yes. He's going to a team without a quarterback to start with, Johnson. So now that's his first line of business. They have to find a quarterback. Yeah. Then, after that quarterback, Johnson, they got to see who really fits the scheme that he coaches. Yes. Do they do a total dismantling? Give him three to five years to build a team, Johnson? Or does he get a Steve Wilkes
0: job? You get one year and you're gone. One year and by. We, yeah, and I hope that doesn't happen. I was I was hearing some people say that his success or failure would open or close the door for more African-American coaches. And I hope that's not the case because that's not the case for white coaches. I just hope people get the chance, based on their merit, to get the opportunity. And he definitely deserves that. I want to look at one another coach that went on to Cincinnati. Is Zach Taylor to be interviewed. He actually... He used to play after he was a coordinator for the Rams. a Rams could be and, of course, helped golf. It didn't help him much last night. I wonder if Cincinnati is saying, man, what did we just bring in? Big C,
2: your thoughts. Well, Charlton, I mean, in Cincinnati, they have to take a second look at that. Yeah. That he, in, in the biggest of games, Charlton, is that your quarterback could not function. Yeah. Is that he couldn't recognize what was going on defensively from the Patriots. A team that's in the same you know, league, the AFC yeah. that you're going to be AFC. playing, Charlie. Yeah. Those type of defenses. So how do what you do translate to the head coaching position? And bringing in these young guys, like I said, everybody is talking about, okay, who's the next Sean McVay? Right. If the next Sean McVay is what you got last night as the Rams offense, I don't think you're looking for the next Sean McVay. <laughs> no. You know, <laughs> you know, we heard a lot about people saying, okay, who's the next Bill Walsh, Charles? Yeah. You heard that, but the thing about it, You've never heard who's the next Tom Landry? Yeah. Who's the next Jimmy Johnson? You know who's the next guy, Charlton, that's going to be up there, Bill Belichick. Yeah. You know we haven't heard these type of coaches, Charlton, that have experienced the ultimate success over time. Yes. You know we hear about the young flashy guys. Who's the next? It's always the next young guy, Charlton, But where's the next guy with staying ability, staying power? Yes. You know you you can look at Bill Cowher. Who did a wonderful job with the Steelers, Charlton over time? You're not asking where the next Bill Cow is. Even George Seifert, Charlton, After he left the 49ers, fell on hard time with the Carolinas, yeah. fired after a couple of years. Yeah. Never coached again, Charlton. But tell me what Mike McCarthy has done wrong. Even though he lost his job in Green Bay, what has he done wrong? I mean, he was a consistent guy, he had a temperamental quarterback. Yeah. You know, we don't hear that where the next Ron Rivera is in Carolina. That's true. So, That's true. you know, why aren't we hearing that from the coaching ranks, Charlton? Where are those guys at? It's always the next Sean McVay? Yeah. Well, Sean McVay gets you excited during the season. Yeah. But when it comes time to close the deal at the party, <laughs> he didn't show yeah. up. Yeah, he
0: was panicked on the sideline, Big Z. And, 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 I mean, it's just a matter of who gets the opportunity. And, and speaking of that, we look at the MVP. I don't have a problem with Edelman being the MVP. In fact, he's balled out every time he's had the opportunity. But he's not Hall of Fame material. I think there was an article by someone that written from, from the Mothership that he maybe should be um, Hall of Fame. He's not Hall of Fame material, but he did play well when he's called on. Okay, Anybody can do it if you have their system. But he becomes the latest receiver to win the MVP. Which includes Hall of Famers. You think about guys like Lynn Swan, Fred Biletnikoff, Jerry Rice, the best ever, I think. He's a second receiver, patron receiver, to do the falling. Uh, Deion Brandt did the same thing. But you couldn't, I know people say the name shouldn't matter. It's the performance in the big games that matters. He performs well, but he's no Jerry Rice. He's no Len
2: Swan. Just want to get your thoughts on that, Big C. Well, Charlton, this is right here where we're going to beg to differ. If you look at Julian Edelman and you look at Lynn Swan, what's the difference between the two, Charlton? Julian Edelman has more career receptions than Len Swan. He has 32 more career receptions than Len Swan. He has one less Super Bowl ring than Len Swan. So if you're saying that he's not Super Bowl material, you have to look at guys who are in the Hall of Fame, Charlton, that, that Julian Elliman have eclipsed really? statistically. He's eclipsed he's Len Swan statistically, Pete Phillips statistically, Darryl Lavelle, Elroy Hirsch, and Tom Fierce, Charlton. Uh, receivers that are in the Hall of Fame that Julian Edelman has better statistics than, right? Really? And only Len Swan, like he, of those receivers, have a Super Bowl MVP. So when you look statistically at what he has done and his career is not over, Joltin. Right. And his statistics warrant, if you're talking about having Super Bowl rings, having a Super Bowl MVP, just like a, just like a uh, Jim Plunkett. Right. People say. Why isn't he in the Hall of Fame? Right. He has the statistics. He has the rings. Julian Edelman has better statistics than four receivers that are in the Hall of Fame, Jalton. Jim Plunkett has more Super Bowl wins than half the quarterbacks in the Hall of Fame. And not in. And he's not in. Let me... So, statistically, if it's about that, yeah. he's done it all, Charlton. He's won the Super Bowls. He has better statistics than four receivers that are in the Hall of Fame. How do you keep him out? How do you justify
0: it? Let me ask you another thought. Barry Bonds should be Hall of Fame. We know that. And you have Pete Rose, but for a different reason, not in the Hall, should be Hall of Fame. Edelman is suspended for four games this year for PEDs. Now, if we say drugs don't matter and PEDs don't matter, then just say don't make it a, a, a reason to suspend a person. So let's say people say, well, Barry Bonds, he's the best player ever. Not in the Hall of Fame, why not? Oh, because he, he allegedly, even though he never admitted anything, he's been kept up because people said he allegedly did something that we know Edelman's been admitted to doing. That's the reason. If it's gonna if we're gonna say that he can do all the PEDs and lose four games when he's a Hall of Famer, then why is Barry Bonds not in the Hall of Fame too? But that be the same reasoning. If they, if they keep it Barry Bonds out for allegedly doing something that Edelman Admitted to, that's the point, Bix, your thoughts.
2: Okay, Charlton, which NFL Hall of Famer do we go take out of the Hall of Fame? Do we <laughs> take Lawrence Taylor out? Is, is that a slippery slope? Right okay, yeah. Okay, I mean, we, we, we got guys that's been suspended in the Hall of Fame. I mean, There's a Hall of Shame in every hall. <laughs> yeah. I mean, is Tom Brady going to go in? He's been suspended, Charlton. Yeah. You know, he has six Super Bowl rates. Yeah. So if, if it comes down to saying, okay, we're going to take one incident out of a player's career, that he was suspended. And that's that now bans him from the Hall of Fame, Charlton. You gotta step in there. Paul Horning, Charlton, yeah. is in the Hall of Fame, okay? Running yeah. back. Heisman Trophy went out of Notre Dame. He was suspended from the NFL for a year wow. for gambling. Yeah. Gambling. Steve Rose is not in the baseball hall of fame for that alleged incident gambling. Yeah. But Paul Horning is in the NFL Hall of Fame. Yeah. So if he's in the NFL Hall of Fame and he was suspended by the commissioner for gambling, Charlton. Then, how do you keep a guy out for any other reason? Let me in Any sport. The NFL has proven that gambling is not against the law because you can still get into the Hall of Fame.
0: Into the Hall of Fame. So, it's baseball, if a baseball player and a football player, it's not even about black and white because we have, you know, Pete Rose, right? And Barry Bonds. Both, two different reasons that people say, well, we don't want to put them in. Well, if Edelman played baseball, they say he can't get in. But I, and I love your point that you're making. So football, and then baseball, they view their athletes differently in that maybe maybe football wants players to get what what the the Steelers of the of the of the '70s what would they call? They used all kind they of enhancements. <laughs> so so they won't admit it, but they want you to do it. And if you're still good, they'll get you into
2: the Hall or at least MVP. Bigs, in your thoughts. Well, Charlton, they could have drug tested that team every day, and, and all of them would not gotten into the Hall of Fame. Okay. Well, wait a minute. I beg they the all part. Team, the okay. football, and they all know it. Now you told they me you, you told me that this
0: thing called this random testing. I think they've done it to Eric Reed because he was with Colin Kaepernick. They keep random testing these guys to see if they got Julian. Ele- Seven times last season. Okay. And he didn't even play all the games. So they want to see if he has Julian Elements blood, right, to see if he can play in <laughs> the game or not. And it's held against some players and not others. Is that your point,
2: Big C, your thoughts? Well, Dalton, you can go after whoever you choose to go after any sport. Yeah. And just like I said, you know, with Paul Horning, who is known as the Golden Boy out of Notre Dame, <laughs> playing in front of the Golden <laughs> Dome, touchdown yeah. Jesus, suspended from the NFL, playing with the Green Bay Packers, the yeah. great Green Bay Packers, still makes it to the Hall of Fame. Yes. Yeah. For gambling, okay, gambling, yeah. on games. Pete Rose, same thing can't make it to baseball. It, it's amazing. The same white riders that voted for one won't vote for the other. Isn't that so? You know, that, that, that's the thing, Mike. It. It's like, they all forgot that Paul Horning was suspended <laughs> while he was playing, Jonathan. Yeah. During his career. Yeah. He was fixing games for the Green Bay Packers <laughs> while he was playing. And, and, but we'll look past that. Yeah. Because you know, we love Paul Horning. Yeah, we love Paul. So, <laughs> when we sit here and, and say that, he, that players are going to be banned from something, Charlton, because somebody doesn't like them. It comes down to a popularity contest, yeah. Charlton. Players don't get into the Hall of Fame because they're disliked. Right. Period. Yeah. Statistically, you don't get in because you're disliked. You can have the greatest statistics. You might not make it the first year. Randy Moss didn't make it. Yeah. Thrill Orr didn't make it, Charlton. You you, you look at uh, the kid from, uh, Miami, uh, from Indianapolis that played with Peyton Manning, wide receiver. Ah, gosh, can't think of his name at the moment. Here comes to me, 88, Marvin Harris. Marvin Harris. Marvin Harrison was indicted, okay? Yeah. He's in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Ray Lewis was indicted. He's in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. So when you talk about guys committing egregious acts, Charlton,
1: don't
2: don't sit there and say purity is what gets you into the Hall of Fame, that you you failed a PED test. Oh, now you tell me. (laughs) That's the worst test you want to fail.
0: Yeah, that's a very good point. I mean, that, that's all fair and love and war. And as you say, nobody has unclean hands. Is that what you say the great in Big C? <laughs> well, that's what Lawrence Davis said. I just think it's funny when you think about, because sometimes even I can take on this holier-than-thou mentality. It's like some guy told me back in the day, I said, man, why are you shooting those needles in your backside? And he said, because, well, I mean, back in when I was asking him, because he can make $6 million a year shooting needles. But he could only make about $40,000 a year working, you know, in the mainstream. And that's why he did it. Now it's about $20 million when you do that jazz. But everybodys you're going to do what you got to do just the way way things are. Back to that game, though. You think about how high scoring the Rams were, number two in the league. The 11th highest scoring teams in the NFL history. Big they never won a Super Bowl. I mean, scoring is one thing. Defense wins your thoughts.
2: Well, Charlton, it always comes down to that. I think everybody was blown away with that, with the game last year, Charlton, between the Patriots and the Eagles. You know, the high scoring affair, but still, defense won that game in the end, Charlton, when Brandon Graham forced the fumble on Tom Brady. Yeah. Just like last night, Charlton, when we looked around, every time you looked, there was a big defensive play happening. Yeah. And they were consistent. I mean, the, the subtle things that you do defensively, recognizing what an offensive does. And, and you gave Bill Belichick two weeks yeah. and, and floors to break down what the Rams did, Charlton. Yeah. Just like with Wade Wilson, you go and take away key elements. How many times did you see Robert Woods last night, Charlton? You didn't. He yeah, threw three balls, I believe. Yeah. They blanketed him. They said, we'll take him away. we we'll Won't let Brandon Cooks go out there. And Cooks. How many balls went off of Brandon Cooks' hands, Charlton? Two, At least two because touchdowns. Because they had him as a teammate last year. Yeah. They knew what he could do. They knew he would be skittish in the big game. He got knocked out last year yeah. against Philadelphia. They knew they would intimidate him and make him skittish in this game, Charlton. Yeah. They knew that Gurley was hurt. Yeah that he couldn't be a big outside threat to him, Charlton. So that part of the game was, was curtailed. Yeah. But, you know, when the Patriots, they don't have a deep threat. You think about it, Charlton. You have nobody that can go over the top. No. Nobody. No. But they, you can't cover anybody underneath in their offense. Yeah. And that offensive line, Charlton, was more dominant than what people are giving them credit for. When they went into that game, Charlton, Brady hadn't been touched in the last three games. Yeah. It's that big sack. That that's what people don't give the Patriots offensive of line credit for. They say, Well, you know, they don't have this off pro here, they don't have that off pro there. Yeah. They don't need to make the Pro Bowl, Dalton. At the end of the season, they are all walking away with Super Bowl rings.
0: <laughs> they all are all definitely doing that. I on the The game was a dud, but the build up and the environment was great. I not that you rank all fifty three Super Bowls. As far I know you're a defensive guy, so you may have liked this more than the average person, but would you rank this in the bottom tier of of Super Bowls that were enjoyable to watch? It wasn't pretty on TV, but for defensive guys, I think they loved it more. But as a as a football league, people want to celebrate the the teams that scored 30 plus points like that game the Rams had against the Chiefs in the Coliseum. People wanted to see that kind of a game. But I think a lot of defensive guys, they appreciated the strategy that went in to keep the two teams, you know, held down that can put up points. Big So your thoughts.
2: Well, Charlton, this is the second Super Bowl, actually the third Super Bowl that an offense did not score a touchdown. Yeah. The Dallas Cowboys against the Baltimore Colts in Super Bowl five down in Miami. Yeah. Did not score an offensive touchdown. You, you look at the the Washington Redskins yeah. against those 72 Dolphins, in the, Charlton, in the Coliseum. did not score an offensive touchdown in the Los Angeles Coliseum. Yeah, And then last night in Atlanta, Charlton, the Los Angeles Rams did not score an offensive touchdown against the New England Patriots. This is the third time. Charlton, this was the most dismal offensive performance ever in the Super Bowl. Yeah, Like I said, one offensive play in the red zone. Who would have thought that that's a bet you could not make. I don't even think Vegas had that on the prop there. No. no, no. One play. I mean, yeah. Over and under plays in the red zone. Yeah. One? You know, <laughs> who could have ever thought that, that you get yeah. one offer to play in the red zone? And that came off that great catch yeah. by Gronkowski. I mean, Glockowski. Brady dropped that one off a cliff. Yeah. Right into his hands, to Charlton, between, between three Ram defenders. Yeah. So just when you think Gronk had nothing left, He came up with three spectacular catches in that game, Charlton, that helped swing the momentum in that game. Yeah. But 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 just look at that game, Charlton. No quarterback, neither one of those guys, was in rhythm. I mean, Brady missed many opportunities to go to Elliman. Elliman should have had 20 catches in the game last night, Charlton, because he was never covered except for maybe once on an out route.
1: Yeah.
2: He was always open. But But when I just look at the game, Charlton, I still got to keep going back to the defensive side. Yeah that those guys are paid handsomely to play. Yeah. To play great defense. And that's what both sides did last night, Jonathan. They went out and stymied two miraculous offenses and made them seem very pedestrian.
0: Yeah. I thought overall, defensively, great game. Offensively, not as much to look at. Super Bowl, best commercial. I know there's a lot of money goes to do commercials. I thought the NFL scored a touchdown in this one. They had, where It was beast mode. They, they were featuring players from different decades, of course. They had Beast Mode, who was trying to get his hands in the cake. Like, let the man eat cake. But then the golden football fell down. I saw Franco Harris picking it up, but they didn't show if the ball hit the ground or not, just like the Immaculate Reception when they, when they dropped Oakland back in the day. They had a, a, a part where Joe Montana had the ball. Michael Irvin says, i have opened Joe, throw it to me. And he said, no, no chance, you're a cowboy. And he are the Jerry Rice. Jim Brown looking around saying, wow, these guys are having a good time. I just thought, that as the commercial goes, it paid homage to the guys from J- the great Jim Brown, Peyton Manning, Joe Montana, Jerry Rice, I mean, Emmitt Smith, and they finished with St. Cloud Barkley running the ball. I thought that was an enjoyable one, and especially with Beast Mode, the ones that started it by grabbing the cake when it wasn't his time to
2: eat. Big your thoughts? <laughs> well, Charlton, it, it was the, the greatest thing about the game last night. Yeah. That 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 commercial was reviewed in the stadium prior to you seeing it on television. Oh, really? It was celebrating 100 years of the Super Bowl, of the NFL, not Super of the NFL. Yeah. Next year's NFL's one hundred year anniversary. Yeah. And what the commissioner was doing was giving a speech in some of the all-time greats and present players in the NFL, so talking showing uh, uh, a conglomerate of the players over the years, a montage. Yeah. And all these players, Charlton, had one thing in common. They wanted their hand on the ball. Yeah. That, that, that That's the greatness of the NFL and the greatness of players, Charlton. Yeah. Is that you want to be the decisive factor in the game. And you could see how players over the years, Charlton, felt that it was important to go out and give their all. In that commercial, you think about it. What player left anything undone? They gave their all in every play. I mean, great Choreography and everything in the commercial. But when you talk about somebody hitting a home run using a baseball metaphor, Charlton, the NFL, that was the best thing that the NFL has done to celebrate itself in a long time. And and the thing that I loved about it, Charlton, that it was dominated by minority players. As we look at the league, and this commercial was released in Atlanta, the home of the civil rights, Charlton, the Atlanta, and being in Super Bowl 53, celebrating, as you talk about, slavery started 400 years ago. Yeah. To be in Black History Month, Charlton, and to release a commercial, Charlton, that was highlighted by black players in the NFL to show that they have character. Yeah. That they have class, Charlton, and that they can act in any role that they need, not just as a player, but in life. Yeah. But the NFL did a great homage to the league, Charlton, and its players in that representation, Charlton, of 100 years of NFL.
0: Well, I think that's incredible. And the Rams, congratulations on getting there. And a lot of people down in New Orleans are happy that you didn't turn out the way you wanted it to. But New England, the sixth Super Bowl championship, 13-3 to over the LA Rams. And I guess the champ beat LA was applicable because there were so many fans from the East that showed up down south in Atlanta. And the Patriots were saying it felt like they had a home game. And I wonder if you felt that same thing going on, you know, looking around, see, seeing people walking around. I guess it was more blue and, and gray
2: than there was, you know, blue and gold. Big C, your thoughts? Well, Chuck, you have to understand from a Patriots, a Patriots fan's perspective, what have they done for the last five years? Four out of the last five years, Chuck, they've been at the Super Bowl. Yeah. So this, for them, has always been the last game of the season. They don't think <laughs> yeah, any other way. Yeah, This is the last game of the season. They're going to be there for They can make their – I guarantee you right now, they're making reservations for, for Tampa next year right now, Jonathan. Yeah, yeah. They're not sitting around waiting to see if we're going to make – they made reservations for Tampa, Jonathan. <laughs> this is an annual thing for them. Yeah, They expect to play that that, that 20th game of the season every year, Jonathan. It's in their DNA.
1: Yeah.
2: And the players expected, the fans expected. The Rams, Charlton, when you think about the fans in Los Angeles, what were they doing Saturday night? (laughs) They were sitting there seeing the Lakers getting drugged by the Warriors. Yeah. That's what they were doing. They were waiting on LeBron to shine again. Yeah. They weren't worried about the Rams. They said, you know, we can catch a flight and go to L.A., (laughs) I mean Atlanta. Yeah. (laughs) But we want to watch the basketball game. Yeah. You know, the people in New England, even though the Celtics are playing, Charlton, Yeah. They were going to be in Atlanta. Yeah. That's where they were. And I think that the fans and, and the players are in sync, Charlton, in their thoughts Yeah, about winning. You know, they're not fair weather. You think about the Rams, Charlton. They've been in Los Angeles three years. Yeah. They really haven't really established a legacy there yet, Charlton. Yeah. You know, the fans in Los Angeles keep waiting on you to do something bad like lose because
1: they
2: can find (laughs) something else to do. Yeah. And they will do it in a heartbeat. The minute you're not winning, they'll think of something else to do. Yeah. And so they can take the Rams and look last minute, Jonathan, because they probably had as many fans in Atlanta from St. Louis as they did from Los Angeles.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point, Big C. I mean, there's a lot to do in L.A. Again, congratulations, New England Patriots, NBA talk, James Harden, he's hit, you know, 26 straight games, Big C, 30 points. And I know they were blown out of in Denver, but that's a mar- remarkable what he's doing. But he, again, will he have enough juice to last the rest of the season? And I just want to get your thoughts on that, Big C. Well,
2: Charlton, he'll, he'll have enough juice to get through the season. It's, it's a matter of what can he do in the playoffs. Yeah. Will he have a team that's healthy enough in the playoffs, Uncle? Well, support supporting cast. Come together in time when they get to the playoffs. And seeding is a very important, Charlton, in the playoffs. Yeah. You get the wrong seeding in the first round in the West, you're gone. Yeah. I mean, they can end up playing Golden State, Denver, OKC, Charlton. Yeah. That's a first round out, even with Harden pumping in 35 to 45 points a night.
0: Yeah. That's a big statement, too. And again, you you mentioned that that Laker game and, and the Warrior game. In, in fact, the, the Coliseum was rocking over in the Bay Area, and in fact, LeBron didn't even suit up for that game. I don't even think he was in the arena. They said he was getting treatment, but I don't know. That, that is isn't storm on TV. But, that you know, obviously, it was Super Bowl weekend. Boston, and playing their game, you know, they got the win over OKC. The environment in Boston, I think that could be the best region in the country for sports when you look at what happens with the Red Sox and then the Celtics and then the Patriots. You look at the Boston Bruins. There's just a lot of good things going on in that city i want to contrast that to the bay area big c it was talked about today how the oakland raiders have their sign or they're in negotiation to sign i think it's already done that they're going to play their home football games at at&t park in san francisco home of the san francisco giants doesn't make any sense they would go across the bay kyle berkeley memorial stadium is just as close to the coliseum as at&t park and I wonder if AT&T, why would they have the football players coming in and messing up their turf that they built the pristine park right there on Macaulay Cove? I don't know the benefit to the Giants other than some money they're going to pay them, and why the Raiders wouldn't give that money to the UC Berkeley instead for their program, Big C, your thoughts?
2: Well, you know, one of the things that I can look at far is that they couldn't fill up the Coliseum in Oakland, y'all. Wow. You you go to ATM, AT&T Park, 41, it's a smaller venue. Yeah. So w- when you're looking at getting 35 to 40 thousand in the stadium, which is probably all they'll get, Charlton, in that last year, you're going to have a packed house. Yeah, in-, in a baseball stadium versus you go over to Cal Berkeley, 60, where you've got 000. a 65, 70 thousand yeah. seat stadium, which is larger than the Coliseum. Yeah, it's going to look cavernous. How are you going to go around and and tarp off areas, <laughs> Charlton, in-, in that stadium? <laughs> a going to look real bad. <laughs> yeah. So you know, plus <laughs> you're going to have luxury boxes at AT&T Park, yeah. that they could utilize the luxury boxes. But th- that's what you're looking at when you move a team. I mean, you think about the Chargers and they move to Los Angeles. Yeah. They never sold lots of others. Huh? It's only 22,000 seats. Yeah. And so who's saying that everybody wants to go across the bay into San Francisco, Charlton? You can't park over there like you can in Oakland. No, you can't.
0: So
2: everybody's going to have to take part yeah. to get over there to get downtown. Yeah. So that's going to create a... a a problem, Charlton, trying to pipe, you know, thirty-five, forty thousand 40,000 people into San Francisco to watch a Raiders game. Yeah. So you got to look at all the logistics that's involved in that, Charlton. Yeah. Is that everything's changed, the dynamics around the stadium. You're not going to have that tailgating area in the parking lot any longer. Wow. Because you're sitting at a downtown baseball stadium. Yeah. So a lot of the dynamics will change, and so they have to look at that as far as what they want their peers to be on
0: television. That's a very good point, Big C. We've had a great Super Bowl celebration. Not the greatest game, but a great environment to like. NBA Ashton, Denver's at Detroit. Atlanta's at Washington. Milwaukee's at Brooklyn. You have Indiana at New Orleans. Houston's at Phoenix. And San Antonio is at Sacramento. So NBA action is all for you now. It's all yours for the NBA. No more waiting on football to kick off to take people away from the basketball arena at Big C. Back in the day, there was a man by the name of Drew Boudini-Brown. He was known as Muhammad Ali's right-hand man. He would always tell Ali, with all you got to use, how can you lose Rumble, young man Rumble, Big C? What are you looking forward to
2: in the sports universe? Well, Charlton, I'm looking for a little more scoring in college basketball. It was amazing on Saturday night. The Virginia Tech, the number 11 team in the country, was only able to score 47 points, Charlton. Yep. But you think about it. They beat North Carolina State, you know, the Wolfpack. Yeah. They were only able to score 24 points, Charlton. <laughs> that is the least yeah. amount of points ever scored in the shot clock era. Yeah. So I'm thinking that now that we can concentrate more on bas- college basketball, yes, maybe they can concentrate a little more on putting the ball through the roof, Charlton.
0: <laughs> I'm sure the Rams will say, 24 points, we'll take it. Speaking of taking it. Every Monday through Friday at 5 and 6 p.m. worldwide. Follow Big C Sports on the Big C Sports Network, on the number one network in the United States of America. And Big C Sports has been voted the number one sports show in the universe, according to Big C and them good old boys down south. As we always tell you, there's never, ever any excuse for domestic violence. If you know any man or woman going through that garbage, please call 911, because no man or woman should ever have to deal with that garbage on their own. And as we always tell you on every Big C Sports show, we thank you, we appreciate you, and we hope that you have a super fantastic day.
2: With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.